Many legends and stories have been told about the great dawn, of the tearing of the weaver's work, of the reckoning that came when the mother, in her love and her grief, sundered the threads that bound her children together, and of the offspring of the gods, the tears of the children, that came to inhabit the world we now know as the Dawnlands. Perhaps only the keepers and their great libraries in Phelan can rec recount a small portion of these legends, the whispers of old that have faded into the echoes of the past. And like the dunes that shift in the south of their proud nation, so too do the legends of old shift, here covered, there unearthed, only to be swallowed yet again by the shifting sands of age and time. Yet every now and again, when the conditions are just right, when the quill is sharp and the ink is prepared, a new legend starts to be written. A legend deeply interwoven with the beginning of all things. A legend on which the crux of the future will surely rely. Because, you see, the sands are shifting once again. Forces unseen and unknown to the tears of the children for ages have begun to stir. And at the heart of that stirring is a group of unlikely protagonists, a group drawn together by what most might call chance if they didn't know any better. But the sands are shifting, and what once could be chance shall almost certainly be remembered as fate. And so our story begins tonight with an end for Yoden's Songheart, harmonizer of the cosmos, lies lifeless in the arms of his unlikely family, the Weavers. It was a series of strange and unexplainable circumstances that led to this moment. In fact, for each of the Weavers, it began with a night of revelry at a wondrous car carnival, a night of games and laughter and wonder. But some great evil had crept its way to the outskirts of that haven of joy and escape, and fate had pulled them one by one into an endless mire of corruption and death. It was days in the uncovering of the truth of this place. And had the weavers not, by chance or fate, stumbled across a strange stone, protected and hidden on an island where they had been shipwrecked, they surely would not know what was going on when they found themselves in an eerily similar temple in the, this bog that they could not escape. But with some guidance from a strange creature named Wrestler, and the resolve to end whatever force was corrupting this place, they set their sights on finding a girl named Esmeralda, for she was surely at the heart of this endless desolation. And so the group pushed on, and were harried at every step by the manifestations of Esmeralda's tra tragedy. But they eventually made their way to the farmhouse, far out of place in this muck and mire, and soon came to see what that it was yet another way in which Esmeralda had unsuccessfully tried to rebuild her past. This soulless replica of her childhood home was filled with the stains of her sadness and loss from which she could not escape. The group found their way into a subterranean lair where they had a glimpse of hope, finding Sebastian Silas, the proprietor of that wonderful carnival, locked away in a tomb but still breathing. Their joy was short-lived, however, and turned quickly to panic as they were assaulted by necromantic skeletons and the true corrupted form of Esmeralda herself. 
She wore a black stone that swirled with dark red energy, and it seemed to bolster her with a rotten form of life and powers that she wielded with great skill, raining death and destruction upon the weavers. In their desperation, Juniper managed to separate the stone from the witch, and as it fell to the ground, they watched as her wretched form imploded, dissolving into ash in an instant. But once again, their relief was short-lived, for both Ember and Yoden lay unconscious on the stone floor. Sebastian tended to Ember and was able to staunch his wounds, and Tupelo fed him a berry to save what little life was left within him. But it was too late for Yoden, who in the tussle had stopped breathing, whose usual, usual boisterous loud form now lay still and silent, in a heap, covered in burns and wounds. <clears throat> and so our act opens tonight in a collective heap at the top of a ladder on the floor of a decrepit old house which was bathed in darkness, darkness minutes before but is now illuminated in light as bright as day Mistletoe, the cat, has curled up on Yoden's chest and is meowing mournfully The chest of drawers that was once blocking the trap door lies on its side and the contents of its drawers litter the floor. In the silence, Sebastian seems to be collecting his belongings from amongst the scattered items, a lute and a small drum on a leather strap. Can I have the four of you make perception checks? I re-roll natural ones. <laughs> yeah. Good. 23. 23 as well, 23. Oh! Nothing. 23 also? No. <laughs> hey, you want to just use the air? Seven. Wow. Okay. Does that bring him back to life? Yeah. <laughs> um, Juniper, you notice uh, that the leather pouch that you carry on your side um, feels full. And you reach inside and pull out this. <clears throat> um, Should I read it? You can if you want. You don't have to read it aloud. So that's yours. Um, Ellery, there's a couple of medallions in the mess bearing the symbol of the Empire. One is sewn onto a small pouch at the end of a leather string. So you're welcome to examine that if you'd like. Um, there's also a finely polished wood, uh, wooden wand carved into an ornate spiral design that you find among the things that have been scattered. Um, Ember, you find a heavy painted war mask um, that lies among the contents. When you pick it up, uh, you find that it is made out of solid gold. <clears throat> Tupelo, what are you doing? Well, the others I'm not the, looking in the drawer. It's during the seven. You glance outside. Okay. <clears throat> the daylight has an otherworldly quality. And as you look out of the window, you see hundreds, if not thousands, of floating orbs floating in the night sky, their collective radiance almost blinding as they surround the house. And no, no scarecrows, I imagine. Make a perception check. Hmm, natural one. Let me re-roll that. Oh my gosh. Kidster, kidster, kidster. 14 plus 
That's 17. Scarecrows lay lifeless on the ground. Um, don't seem to be moving. Right. The, the field of corn, you do notice, is nothing but dried husks now. They're dead stalks rustling in the breeze. And these orbs are the ones that I've seen before? They are. Okay, cool. I do... I want to open the pouch. Okay. I can. Looking inside, you find um, a fistful of silver pieces and um, a folded note. <clears throat> Without saying a word, Sebastian begins to play a song quietly on his lute. I learned this on a ferry when I traveled down the Green Banks years ago. The folk of Fair Meadow, and he looks to you and mm-hmm. Ellery, have an odd way of reckoning with the power of the threats. They know that music can heal though they'd scoff if you said it was magic. Some can speak with animals, though they'd tell you it was just an understanding of the physical world that allowed such communication. And perhaps they are right. One doesn't have to label something a certain way to exercise its usefulness. The small folk of Fair Meadow, Meadow may prove to have a far better understanding of the threads than the most learned keeper in Phelan or the professors in their high towers on Fair Isle. The melody is slow and sad, but as you listen, you feel your burned and cracked skin begin to mend and heal. And... You all take 20 points of healing. As he casts masks. I didn't know he had that power the whole time. (laughs) If only he had his things. What? It's really kind of annoying that you just that you just made us all feel better just like that all of a sudden. I mean, you let him you let him die, and you could have helped us. He holds the loot. I couldn't do anything without this. I did what I could. Okay, well I'm not gonna just sit around here. We gotta, we gotta take Yoden and get him some help. I'm taking him back to Rustler. That's a great idea. Let's take him to Rustler. Okay, so Jennifer's gonna pop Yoden on her shoulder. She's gonna tell. As you go to move him, <clears throat> Sebastian is kind of eyeing the two of you. <clears throat> I fear that some of the corruption of that stone found its way into you. And he stops playing his song, but now he hums the melody, and he comes and just rubs a thumb down the top of your forehead. And you feel something return and something leave at the same time. He does this to you. What did you just do with your thumb just then? Do you feel better? I don't know why we're standing around here. Juniper, he's dead. I don't... Um... You don't know that. He's dead. You, you were can dead. take him. You you just did something with your thumb that wasn't with your musical instrument. 
You just stood around. We pulled you out of that stupid coffin. We were down there looking for you. And you just, you didn't do anything. You didn't even look like you tried. Feral, was it? Surely you know that without certain implements. I feel like you're making an excuse. Let's go. I don't really want to talk to him right now. I would say to Silas, um, as a group, maybe a bit upset, um, since we have traded our friend's life for yours in this endeavor, so um, there are a lot of uh, feelings around right now. I understand. Um, our friend was very important to us. may reset your maximum HP and cast greater restoration on each of you. <clears throat> If you're going, starting to go outside, um, I would speak up because I've already looked out the window. Um, I do not see the threat of the scarecrows anymore, but there's some uh, more of the, the glowy orbs than I have ever seen in my life. I don't care. I... They're probably free. Let's try yeah. and find roughly. We gotta go. Silas, do what you want. Thanks for your help. I wish you the best. And we. So that's it then. Um, are you able to just straight up carry him? I think so. Can you right. like hold him like this? Like, can we leave the stones on him? Can we look at Is he? He's wearing the. He. We put the stones on him last yeah, time. Yeah, both of I them. I just feel like we did. Yeah, we yeah. put them in his hand. That's right. That's right. Can you like hold him in a way that like they were returned to the bag of holding? Were they? Okay. You use mage hand to put them back. Oh, okay, okay. that's right. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> then I will. I'll be using mage hand to, to just offer ten pounds of support okay. to mm-hmm. to Yoda. Sebastian makes his way over to try and help. Do you let him? I never put in Yoda's weight. Mm, we yeah. talked about it before. He's three eleven. <clears throat> Torture. Stealth, stealth, like Bodar. Your weight came up at one point. They're dense. Um, but I'll say with the collective effort, if you allow Sebastian to help. I'd allow him to help. He does have a nine strength, if that matters. Who? No, that doesn't matter. Not right now. <laughs> no, it doesn't I'm just saying he didn't have a lot of muscle weight. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sebastian is also not very strong, but he kind of does what he can. And collectively, you are able to hoist Yodin, um, Yodin's body amongst the five of you. Um, do we, looking around now, does it look similar to the way that it looked before? Like, each other time we've gone, combat gone out and looked at the terrain, it's been weird and it has shifted. Does it look familiar? Yeah. Make a perception check. 18. Okay. Um, before you even get outside, you notice that things about this this house have changed. Um, the once sturdy desks and wardrobes that line the the walls of this um, this room are decayed, yeah. rotting. Okay. Um, the uh, stonework around the the chimney. Um, or the, the fireplace is disheveled and falling apart. Um, cracks are, have formed all around. And looking outside, the um, what was a, a verdant um, cornfield is just 
dead husks. Uh, I'm gonna go grab a couple of the husks and take them into <clears throat> that bedroom that seemed to be Esmeralda's. I'm gonna set them on fire. Um, and see if I can set some of the wall or the bookshelves on fire. I'll tuck them over if I need to, and then walk back up. <clears throat> Uh, the four of you watch as um, Ember, without saying anything, right. walks into the, the house and he starts to smell smoke. And moments later, he walks out as the home begins to erupt in a blaze. Um, you watch, stand there silently as first one wall collapses and then another until. This whole, this whole house is a pile of burning rubble, ash. The orbs float <coughs> above your head. They don't seem to react, but they're about twenty feet up. And now that you're outside the light of these orbs begin to dim. And they dim until it's faint enough to see the sky above. Now you see that there are no clouds obscuring the heavens for the first time in a long time. You have a full view of the constellations and celestial bodies, the entire cosmos stretched out before you, twinkling serenely as if indifferent to your loss. And one of the orbs detaches from the rest and begins to descend down towards. Sorry. That was me, sorry. Oh, I was trying to Gliding silently through the uh, through the sky until it hovers about ten feet away from your group. Pull my goggles down and just peer at it. Hey, do you guys? <clears throat> Sebastian kind of clears his throat and almost looks to you for permission to speak. He seems to know how think? angry you are. When I touched them, I sensed much about these creatures. They're childlike, innocent even. They don't understand life and death. I think they were controlled by the same evil that corrupts, corrupted this place. They collected friends and added to their number any time anyone died in this wretched park. But I don't think they're hostile now. The thing that was causing the foulness is gone. When we look up, like, the amount of orbs that are in the sky, like, aren't they surrounding, like, was this... Were they perhaps like creating like a, not a mirage, but like, were they creating the bog? Is that kind of what we see? Like, are, are they as like can, far as the eye can see? You can or Connor or nature check, your, okay. your choice. Beyond your imagination, what could have caused the fog and the stench, and, but whatever it was is not 
not there any longer, and you sense that these things may be somewhat unrelated. Um, and as going to point my finger, at, you said there was just one that sort of detached. One's itself. just kind of hovering in front of your group. I will point my finger toward what I hope is that creature, and cast message. Okay. And say, um, can you lead us to the bird woman's house? It doesn't respond. Okay. But ten others detach from the group of hundreds, maybe thousands, that are hovering above you. And they slowly descend, moving towards Yodin's body and coming to rest underneath as some of you step back. Um, Sebastian seems more curious than he is scared. And now dozens of orbs are coming to form a sort of floating deathbed for your friend. And they take the weight off of the rest of you. The, yes, the rest of the orbs are parting reverently, forming columns on either side of your group as if to form a ghostly procession. Do they seem to be pointing us in a general direction? Like or they're moving? Yeah. Um, they're not moving, no. I tried to ask if they knew the way, but they just did this. <coughs> Looking around in wonder, Sebastian is just taking us all in and... <laughs> He looks down at Yodin and then looks to the rest of you, his eyes coming to rest on Ember. He must have been a remarkable person in life. He was. Would you tell me who he was? I don't, I don't want to... I mean, yes, I want to, but at the same time, is this, if we had an idea that we wanted to do this, like maybe find wrestlers, should we not try? Are we not wasting time? Or is that not a good idea? It's okay. Y'all know I'm back. Hmm? Perhaps you can tell me along the journey. That, uh, that makes more sense. Um, it's hard to speak of Jordan in finality right now. He is um, such a, um, a rainbow of uh, people all in one. Which way then? I haven't seen the outside of this place. Do we have a sense of like the direction that we came from? Have things changed so much sure. that we don't? You see the road that leads away from what is now a burned rubble, a pile of rubble. Okay. And take that. I would want to start, yeah, yeah, start walking. Let's yeah. go. As you push through the dead corn and over the small wooded hill that surrounds the farm, surrounded always by the procession of orbs and lights, you can tell almost immediately that this place has changed. The pervasive odor that hung in the air is diminishing, and the fog and clouds that blanketed the bog are all but gone. Let me have somebody roll a d20. You always rolls a d20 for the group. Seven. <laughs> Seven.
you come to a familiar clearing where the body of the two-headed giant lay. But now you see another familiar creature, this mass mound of uh, vegetation and detritus that has wrapped itself around the body of Garfindomar. And it is slowly moving, trying to pull the body along. And as you, you stand there, you watch as lights from either side of the column <coughs> move out and towards that creature and arcs of electric energy spark from each of them, kind of energizing and innervating this creature, its, its vines and limbs wrapped around the body of, uh, of this giant figure. And as uh, the energy hits it, you watch as it kind of pulls in and contracts and then starts to sprout roots that dig deep into the ground. And you watch as, in a matter of minutes, two trees start to sprout from that space, separated at the base, but intertwined and connected. On one side is a black walnut tree, hard and sturdy. The other is cottonwood, blooming with soft pollen. And when that has completed, the lights fade back into the column once again. Um, as we pass by, I want to cast Mage Hand and collect some of the pollen from the cottonwood and uh, maybe like a few leaves from the walnut, back walnut tree. Okay. Yep. You can add those to your inventory. <clears throat> can we hear anything or, I mean, can we like, do we see big woman bird tracks, or... <laughs> may, uh, make a survival or perception check, your choice. Uh, 22. Um, you don't. Uh, in fact, the, the sounds that were once pervasive in this bog are silent tonight um, and you you get the sense that this space had been twisted and doubled back on itself and um, was strange and intertwined and um, in this this foul way that kept things here You don't know if that's still the case, but you know that something has changed. And yet, there's still physical space here. There's still ground you're going to have to travel to find your way. Okay. 
um, uh, Sebastian, the last one that we saw you before this, um, uh, wasn't um, in the theater um, with everyone around you, and you had reached out and touched uh, what appeared to touch the orb, and then poof, it was gone. Um, could you fill us in on, on, on what happened and maybe what you know of these orbs? Is, uh, after seeing what they did for um, uh, the beast that was on the ground, uh, can they convert uh, things into life or what, what powers can they help us with here? They are <clears throat> quite mysterious creatures. I don't know much about them, though. Something happened when I touched them. I heard voices, as I said, childlike, innocent, though they didn't seem to be acting of their own accord. And when I touched them, I went from a space very familiar to me to one that was far from familiar. I was in that basement that you found me. And she was there. I was confused. I tried to fight, but she was too much. She forced me into that crypt. I've been stuck in darkness for I don't know how long. And you, you see, he's, he himself is emaciated. Yeah. And, uh, his, his clothes are torn. His, his fur is um, singed and burned. He's got wounds on him as well. I did, I did hear voices occasionally. She kept calling me her, her love. She insisted that I would remember myself soon. And occasionally I heard another voice speaking with her, as often arguing. The other voice insisted that I needed to be kept alive. It said, there's always a price, and he has been dead for so long that the price is quite high. It didn't make any sense to me, but she said that some spirit needed a live host to enter. um, Unfortunately, I think it's meant to make sense to us. I look at everyone else to see if they were picking up what that might mean. We can't, we... Did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Did she mean... Ma- Malik? Was it Malik? Malanth. Malanth. Yes. That's what I was assuming as well. I was assuming that... It was her lover. That was Rustler. Oh. Saying that she kept saying that about me. Oh. When she kept saying there's always a price. Whenever she would feed me that soup to make me stronger. Huh. What if... She was trying to help... Esmeralda bring back her dead boyfriend. Like maybe Sebastian would have been the host for her dead Um, boyfriend's spirit? Right. What it's worth, Esmeralda seemed infuriated with that other voice. I, um... Um... It seemed like she... The other voice had broken some accord or agreement. You never saw the other voice? No, I was trapped in that crypt. Did, what, did it sound like there were two sets of footprints? Or like did it sound like it was like a spirit voice? 
Well, it didn't sound like a... I mean, Wrestler had a pretty specific voice. Right. It was like, I can't remember. It sounded a bit shrill and... It sounded like it was there in that space, if that's what you mean. It is. Um, It's... We... This makes me really sad. Is that we need Yoden to do the impersonation because he's really good. He's at really that. good at him performing. He's the best storyteller. He had the. He did. He had a really great story. I can't wait to hear the end of it. We're we're walking as we're, we're walking. walking. Right. Right. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, sure. um, but listen, I don't know if we should take him to. If we go back to Rustlers, I think it should maybe be to try to kill her. I think if she's dealing in life and death, I want to know what she can do. I will make her bring him back if that's what it takes. Who is this wrestler you speak of? She's a bird and a woman. A bird bird person. Bird lady. She... A kangaroo. Yes. Sure. I've come across one on my travels. They're exceedingly rare. That's what she told us. That's what she said, too. She's She's one. I'll be honest, she thinks a little too highly of herself. She did have um, a peculiar way of, uh, when speaking, she would sometimes make a certain noise. Did you hear, um... Okay. Something that was pretty good, actually. Yeah, something like that. Did you hear... Clicking, yes. That makes sense, yes. Did you you hear something like that? I think that was her. Um, I will say, though, they were at odds with one another for what it's worth. Um, it seemed like there was talk of an agreement that had been broken. She said at one point that children were never a part of the deal. The souls of the innocent do not belong to Esmeralda. Does that make sense to anyone? Probably about you. Yeah. It means like we should um, continue on our path to try to find her for maybe some answers or... The extent of her powers. Maybe she wasn't supposed to bring you back to Maybe life. She wasn't supposed to bring you back. But she was mad that Esmeralda she involved did. you. <laughs> Not that this makes any sense at all. Like Everybody makes... here is. Yeah. Yoden was supposed to go riding. He was really excited about the races. He had a rodeo coming up. Yes. I um, I had the feeling that, um, that we are not going to make it anywhere on time with um, what I feel like Yodin's body will become soon. So, uh, any thought about um, what else we could do with, um, with Yodin before our time runs out? After seeing the, um, the nature convert uh, the monster into a tree, <clears throat> Is that something we could um, do with your team? Tupelo, I'm not ready to give up yet. We just have to talk to Rustler. We, I, she's done this before. She can do it again. I, I don't um, fully understand uh, the extent of magic. I don't, I don't know what uh, when dead is dead. Yeah. We can't know. We just have to find out. When... This is a technical question. When do your spots, like your spell slots, reset after a short rest or a long oh, rest? Oh, long rest. A long unless rest. you're special. You are special. But not that gets it. How deep into the night are we? Deep, deep night. Okay. Um, um, yeah. 
I'll send I'll cast message. I do not think that Juniper Lightfall is going to stop until we get to I have never known her to stop for anyone or anything, so that would be nothing new. I just arrived. This is y'all's decision, but I think that we should if she wants to try, it seems like you should try. Um, yes it I feel that makes sense to me. Not right now. I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe I I think I could help. I just need to rest. What if I like took a nap on the orbs? Like I don't know. Like, I could give you a piggyback. Like next to Yoden, or like maybe they make me a bed too. Yeah. To be and clear, a long rest is like eight hours. So we're just. The orbs are kind of just hovering around okay. and actually while you're having this conversation and the, the four of you have turned towards each other, Sebastian is just kind of, he seems enthralled with what these things are. You see him just kind of like whispering and he'll play a little music and you see one like kind of react. Seems to be. Yeah. He's. I tried talking to them. They didn't say anything. Hmm. Have you. You seem to recognize this place. This is somewhere you've been before. He looks at the tree in the clearing. The tree in the clearing? This is where we found the monster, right? Or the. Yeah. Oh. Very kind, childlike. Exactly. Too heavy. Oh, we ran an orphanage. Yeah, we've we have we've been here. What, what of it? Well, if you recognize one that mark, perhaps you recognize another. But if time is of the essence, as you say, you shouldn't. Um... There should be a cemetery right over there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so let's try it and. I can't remember how close the house was to the cemetery. I mean... It was like the next stop. Yeah, from, right. Yeah. Right, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we roll a d20. <clears throat> <Is> it... <laughs> Not it. Uh, nine. Nine. Roll it. Seventeen. Okay. Um... You keep moving for over an hour. Um, the ground below your feet is drier than you remember it being. The, though not totally dry, it's still marshy and boggy, but um, the places where you remember wading waist deep are just ankle deep now. Um, a large transformation has taken place. And as you walk, um, that column of thousands of lights around you, you eventually come upon a cemetery. Okay. But this one is decrepit and old, all the headstones worn away by age and time. Okay. Yeah. We're getting closer. Yeah. yeah. Are you being able to do anything special um, to... Like go out and look or something, or 
they can fly around, but I don't know if they um, if they can help me those away. Okay. They can... What about your bird? Care. I can only do that. Like, takes a long time. Yeah. Okay. I feel pretty confident. Um, yeah, you can keep going. That I know it's away, and I remember coming through this one. Yeah, before. let's keep going. Carry all we have. Tupelo would would lead <coughs> for the first time ever. He's feeling more brave, knowing that like some of the evil has dissipated. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. And as we're walking from the leaving the cemetery, the orbs are still carrying Yodin's body. Yeah. Um, then Ember will kind of be walking along by the his leg, um, kind of looking for things that just symbolize and represent Yodin, um, not his jug or the, uh, but something that would be small enough that he could take. So he'll just be looking for looking for that. Sure. You have a character sheet handy, or I do. <clears throat> I'll let you Little know. emblems of Yoda. snaps. I'll let you tell him. Mm. What you have some fringe. <sighs> yeah. Right, so cowboy. Belt buckle. belt buckle with a sheep on it. Okay. Is cool. That fair? Yep. Um, the, does he have the fancy shirt on? It does. Should be all the fancy stuff. Well, I think he took the fancy pants off because he, he shot himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> you are right. But belt, belt buckle. Spurs. Okay. Okay. Um, the jug. I did have studded leather. Didn't make one side. Um. We, we can do your pipes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pipes of haunting. Circle to blasting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as little things, cowboy boots. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah, alright. Just start stripping him. <laughs> no, I'm not going to strip him yet. Not stripping him, just looking. You also find, find a hand-drawn map of a small section of the uh, western continent. And um, kind of a, a little sketch of a, um, a city in the mountains called Thunderhold. You continue along. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Um, another hour to roll a d twenty for me. Just kidding. I lost. Six. Okay. Uh, at one point, you come up across a shallow. Um, where you can see that the water has rescinded in the lights of the glowing orbs. Um, but there seem to be these odd creatures reminiscent of the ones that you saw at the bottom of that pit in the, in the cave. And you, Just as you recognize them and kind of catch yourself uh, knowing how dangerous these things can be, the orbs swarm around you lightning arcing out of each of them until those those uh, creatures are destroyed. Yodin would love that. Yodin would love that. You continue for another another hour until you finally come to the place that you've sought all night. A small stone hut with a thatched roof covered in strange runes and symbols that seems to reflect the moonlight. 
a single door tall and narrow in its side. As you begin to approach, a hooded figure emerges from the cabin. An amulet in her hand, she holds it high above her head, and it begins to glow with daylight before she sees the four of you and the body of Yodin. And she pulls it back before casting a spell. Ah. Is it done, then? Rustler, we need your help. Our friend, he's hurt. We know that you deal in life and death, and we need you to make him alive again, please. He liked you so much. Do you remember that? We read this bog of evil. We did it for you. We did it so that you could get out of here. Please help us. Her cold eyes land on the body of Yoden, an unreadable expression on her face. How long ago? About five hours. Not that long. Four? I mean, we've been walking for, he said, another hour passed, two hours passed. I think at least three or four. Some hours. With such time that's passed, it will not be easy. And there's always a price. We'll pay it. She turns one eye to you. All right, then. <clears throat> What's the price? She turns and walks back into the cabin. <laughs> um, I thought she ignores you. It's not <laughs> no matter what, nothing changes. <laughs> I cast message. I will end you. I'll put you on a skewer. She has walked in. She's walked in. Okay. She. There's always a prize. She wants us to bring life here to kill it. Probably that. This lady is not good. Ooh, she is not good. I know. Okay. Um, Look at her MD. A what? That's messed up. No. Listen. See what I'm saying? Wait. I've got this hat of vermin. I can make. Like we'll dogs. try that first. We'll try that. Yeah, first. we'll throw an MD if we need to. <laughs> Maybe that's. <laughs> I need Kurt to stop laughing for a second. <laughs> yep. Are we seriously getting ready to make a deal with the woman who was I working mean, with Elmerelda? If it were you, Ember, what would you want us to do? I think that they probably just had a deal. Like you leave me alone, I leave you alone. Like that's kind of what I'm imagining. Mm. I could probably. Up, uh, at least a couple toes if I had to. I really gotta go back to school. <laughs> and I'll just take a few steps back, but okay. I... Just see what she says. That's we gotta fine. try. But just but, but with our guard up, though, right? Yeah. Esmeralda's but, gone. But no thanks to the dead lady. What do you think the thing was? I think she's a powerful sorceress. I think she's gonna be able to help us. Bring her friend back to life. I don't. I don't know. That's what I want. Okay, That's where she I'm comes hoping. back. Okay. Are okay. you willing to give up some toes? Sure. Okay. Just so he. Keep over starting with the vermin. Yeah. Uh, we're starting. Okay. <laughs> I would give a couple toes for you, then. Two toes. Two toes. There's some rustling in the cabin, and then uh, the door. Thanks. <laughs> door uh, swings open. 
and she's holding um, what looks like to be looks to be a goat skull, horns attached. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, she brings it out and places it on a stump where an uh, axe is embedded, and she picks up the axe and swings it down, cleaving this the uh, the skull in half. And inside, an uncut diamond, about that big, um, rough and rigid, not faceted, lies. <clears throat> and she looks to the rest of you. The price is quite high. She looks at you expectantly. Uh, hold out the gold war mask. Okay. She takes it from you and inspects it. Looks to the rest of you expectantly. If, if the cough were a peep, though. How many slices? How did you even <laughs> By the way, she doesn't make eye contact. She just yeah, takes yes. it from you. <laughs> Looks to the rest yes. of you. Oh, what kind of price are you? Are we talking? Are we talking like? Valuables, or, or what, what kind of... What is the life of your friend worth? I mean, a lot. I really, I should have given you the math. We have been on many adventures, and I have procured many items that may be of worth uh, to you. I'm going to take out a hundred gold, and just... She breaks it into her other hand. I, uh, I'm going to go take the circlet of blasting off Yodin and give it to her. Um, Sebastian pulls from around his neck uh, what looks to be a, a silver locket. And he holds it for a moment and then pulls it out. She takes it. She looks to you. Um, is uh, looking through his pack and he doesn't... Um... Nassim seems to be of as high a value as he is looking for. And um, uh, he sees uh, his, his wedding ring that he's had for a very long time on his finger. And he takes it off. Mm. And he gives it to he gives it to her. She snatches it. That should suffice. He feels the hole on his finger where he used to be. <clears throat> You must understand that as so much time has passed, it will not fully be up to me. Is there, is it, is, what does that mean? Is it, yeah, what is, is there anything that we can do to help? And I'll take off my Arcanist goggles. These can, these really help me to make magic better. Just to borrow, not to keep. I do not need them, but perhaps you will. We must prepare the body. And she walks back into the cabin. Undress him. Okay. Okay. I think he would think that's kind of funny. If you think... <laughs> if things like the sort of thing, he would... You remember everything except his underclothes? Okay. <laughs> 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 In doing um, so, yes. um, I will, um, unless he wants it back, 
uh, well, we're going to assume this works and yeah. put the belt we're, buckle back, <clears throat> like with his stack of things. Yeah, we're not yard sealing yet. We got yep. we're, we're we're praying for rain and we're bringing an umbrella. Amongst the things that you find are um, the pipes of haunting, folding boat, um, the jug, um, the jug, the fishing pole, yeah. um, fishing pole. Did we get the gauntlets? I can't remember. I don't think we did. Okay. Uh, Four potions of healing. <laughs> <laughs> Set trombone. <laughs> 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 have chaps. Get chaps. There's a saddle in there somewhere. In case we have saddle. I imagine that got put in the bag of holding. Or you, maybe you were just carrying it around this whole time. You still, oh, no, still sitting at it. You're lighting it. Stud leather. Yeah. Uh, probably have my boa. Glow boa. Glow, yeah. glow vest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which um, now that uh, the, the night sky is above you is. Radiant and resplendent once again. Just I have a scroll pencil. from a big cave. Scroll from a big cave. I wrote that down. <laughs> Probably should have identified that at some point. Another inventory note, just so I don't forget. You have five more beads of force in that pouch. Oh. Okay. Okay. And now oh, we know now we do. know what they do. Ten rounds, but then at least. Um, we aren't sure because the big skeleton, it was probably because Esmeralda died that it died. It wasn't because it was in the orb. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Probably. It was. One minute. I would think that some of. I would also. My spells. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Grandma Manson made precision and yeah. making sure Yoden is all clean and. Um, yeah. Um, as you begin that process, um, get rustler the mud off of his face and dirt under his fingernails, yep. cleaning him up. Yeah. Um, Fix his mm-hmm. hair. Yes. Put his. Can I put his cowboy hat back on him? Like just let him have his underwear and his cowboy hat on. I will be casting prestidigitation and um, mimicking as close as I can times when I've heard him to the jug. Okay. Um, when wrestler comes back out, I want to be like by her side and ask if there's anything she needs. I'm going to be like fiddling with my like vials and pouches full of supplies, and okay. I tell her I can also make a frog or a rat or a bat if you need me to. <laughs> These things might come in handy later. Okay. Um. She, uh, as you're cleaning the body, goes behind you, and she, you see now she's got this ceramic pitcher um, that smells of herbs and flowers, and um, she pours oil out of it and kind of, like, starts to rub that oil into his skin, um, you know, first starting with the head and working down so that by the end his entire body is kind of glistening in this oil, this funeral oil, um, refracting the dim light of the globes that hover around. Um, She um, gets to a point where she stops and looks at the rest of you and says, 
This will take some time. You may help in whatever way you see fit. If there are words you need to say, now is the time. Sebastian clears his throat. I didn't know the man, but it seems that there is great love for him, even just here, amongst these four. And that should be some measure of his character. Um, Ellery would go over and cast, or, um, expel us a flower from her staff and put it in, like, she'll look at um, Rassler to see if it's okay to, like, put it in his hand, and if if not, she like, just kind of nods, like, you know, nods her head uh, approvingly. And then she'll say to Yoden, you know, thank you for all of your support and how you seem to make the hard times lighter. And then she'll, like, get low and whisper into his ear, you were made for this. Juniper would, like, try a joke that would land flat, and she'd go, weak. (laughs) (laughs) And then she'd be like, he does it so much better. Yoden, Songheart, you're still a part of the harmony. It's not over yet. I'm just going to put her hand on him and say, weak again. <laughs> um, oh, Jordan. Um, you are part of the Weavers. Um, I think that you taught me um, so many things. Uh, how to weave the words. Um, Standing as a cosmos. Um, I had not heard stories quite like yours um, until we met. Um, I know for me sometimes, um, if I'm um, putting icing on a cake, um, if you squeeze too hard sometimes it can uh, come out sideways, and I think that. Um, Sometimes you cared too much, and uh, maybe sometimes it came out sideways for you. Um, but it all came from a good place. Um, I wish we had more stories to tell together, and I hope to see you again soon. Ember will cast Mage Hand and just let it sit above Yoden. And you were the greatest storyteller I've ever known and I only know you for like a few days and when you come back from this and when this works we'll go to Fair Isle together because I can tell you're super into it and I really hope that you I really hope this works it'll cast a message and point to him I feel like if everybody here you're my very best friend you treat me so kindly 
you take such an interest in school and people that I know and seem to think it was really cool that I knew Sebastian and anyway May Chan just really isn't the same without you but this is gonna work but hey if it doesn't are you cool if I take this belt buckle <laughs> all right step back <clears throat> I'd like to get my tankard of dwarven ale out as well Okay. And take a sip and pass it over to the kid. <laughs> Holy fuck, <laughs> this. It's dwarf nailed. It's the shooting's favorite. Oh, it's made for this. <laughs> <laughs> Constitution saving throw for the lightweight over there. Dang it! <laughs> it's your first grade. Oh, yeah. 17. There's a lot of emotions mm. out there now. You, uh, take it back, 19. You, uh, you feel that kind of like sting in the back of your throat. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember being young and invincible. It was great. <laughs> Wake up the next morning. Juniper just takes a little sip and says, to Yoden. Ellery would do the same. Dwarven Elm passed around. Do you offer it to Sebastian? Yeah. Would, yeah. Yes. He drinks. You're dead. <laughs> His phone's still working. It's not gonna work. <laughs> it's, a, it's a call from the afterlife. Alright. As everybody quickly double checks, do not disturb. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just double check. DC's just, just getting higher, guys. Just get higher. Oh my god, it's DD Beyond on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Without another word, she begins to light incense in a circle around the body. And finally, she sits cross legged on the ground, eyes closed, holding the rough cut diamond close to Yoden's heart. She begins muttering, almost inaudibly, in a strange language. And as she does, one of the orbs separates itself from the myriad of orbs that have cascaded all around this circle that she's created, and comes drifting slowly down to hover right above Yoden's body, six inches above the diamond. Its light flickers faintly, and seems to be dimming. What would each of you like to do as a part of this ritual to help it be successful? I think whatever like ingredients that she's working with, Ellery's gonna be watching like very closely. And if she like has a set of stuff, whatever she starts to reach for, I'm gonna like reach for it first and hand it to her. Okay. Yeah. Make a um, alchemy tools check, so that'll be your wisdom and proficiency that you're gonna add to this. <clears throat> Ooh, I'm gonna re-roll that one. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Hopefully luck, man. It's not uh, ten. Okay. Ten. Sebastian pulls a, um, not the lead this time, he pulls a drum, this drum on a leather strap, and just 
faintly just gives a little beat to go along. If somebody actually, will you roll a d20 for me? Yes, I will. <clears throat> 12. Okay. He's got plus 13 on performance. So that's a 25. Sorry, I missed what happened. Um, Sebastian is offering music as a part of the ritual. <clears throat> I, like, whatever she's reaching for, like, ingredients or anything that she's, like, doing in the process, I'm gonna, like, anticipate it and, like, help her. Tupelo would reach into his uh, pocket and um, pull out uh, two of his little good days, and he would open Yodin's hand and um, say something about his, his dark hands and put the delicate <laughs> little berry into his little hand and cover it over. Mm-hmm. You want to make a nature check? Tell me tell me if that fits or if you had something else in there. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Fourteen. And 14, 20. Uh, Ember is going to unroll this robe that's been tied up in a wall behind his back and pull it on, and it's got a little shield of fair isle here above the right chest. Yeah. Um, and he will be casting prestidigitation um, over and over, just trying different songs from that he's heard the the toot jug to okay. um, just try to channel and like bring some familiarity to wherever his spirit might be okay um arcana performance your choice um sure good thing uh 19 juniper so juniper would take the the wraps off of her robe and go over to Yoden and wrap them around his wrists and just have like a moment of true vulnerability and she would weep and um, and then she would also ask Ember if he would using Mage Hand put the stones in Yoden's hands if you think that would help, yeah, definitely. We'll try it. We'll try anything. Good. Um, what can I check? Do you want that to be? <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Acrobatics. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how about you do like a little bit of Decipher what is in Yodin's soul, what what needs what his needs are, how to bring him back to his body. Sure. Guys, these should all be survival checks. 
You're swimming in a sea of turquoise blue, far beneath the surface. The water envelops you, wrapping you up like a warm blanket. You have no memory of this place. No memory at all, in fact. Just this blissful present moment and a childlike curiosity. Has it always been like this? You suppose it has. Now is all that there is, all that there ever has been. But a question is forming in your mind. What would it be like to breathe? You're not sure, but you think you've always wanted to find out. And so you swim towards the surface, gliding through the water effortlessly, not panicked, just content, drawing ever nearer to that thin line that has separated you from the world above, that mysterious existence that has seemed just out of reach for as long as you can remember. You're getting close now, and you can see shadows moving across the surface. Other figures that seem to somehow exist beyond the borders that have contained everything you've known up until this point. You reach out to break through the membrane, but you find that it's solid. For a moment, a new feeling flashes through you, but it's gone before you have time to register it. Was that fear? You're not sure what fear is, though that word seems to pull on something inside, something that you used to know. You try to focus your mind For a moment, you see a dark basement. You smell iron. You feel something solid and faceted like a stone that's been placed in your hand. You see figures kneeling around you, panic on their faces, and then... No. The figures are just shadows on the other side of the veil. You're weightless, floating in this warm water, nothing sharp or solid around. And like that, the memory fades, washed away by the pure water that is your entire existence. It never happened. Now a large shadow is moving slowly across the surface above you, moving in your direction, in fact. As it approaches, you see the underbelly of an immense creature. A word flashes out of some distant path. Turtle. Yes, that's it. It's a turtle, and it's directly above you now. It has stopped moving, and a face leans out over the side of the massive shell. Someone is on top of the turtle, riding it. They hop off and bend down, getting their face 
close to the water, staring down at you. For a moment, you think you recognize that face, but the ripples distort and obfuscate the finer details so that you can't be sure. And just as the ripples begin to slow and you think that you might get a better view, a hand plunges into the water, breaking the seemingly impenetrable barrier above you, arm outstretched, reaching for you. What do you do? Slow out toward it and reach for it. Grab it. You feel yourself being pulled upward in a rush of anticipation and excitement. Your hearing begins to clear. You feel fresh air on your wet skin. And just as the water is clearing from your eyes, you open them to find yourself alone in a dark, vaulted hall. You look down to see fine stonework that resembles a turtle shell. The hall stretches out before you. The features of this hall are familiar as if it's a place you know, but no. You have no memory of this place. No memory at all, in fact. Just this blissful present moment and a childlike curiosity. Has it always been like this? You suppose it has. And still, you're sure that something is familiar about this place as if you've walked this hall a thousand times before. How could one come to a place for the first time and know that it is where they belong? And you do belong. You know it. Here you are wanted. Here you are treasured. Here you are safe. Many other halls branch off this main one, leading to other halls and chambers beyond. As you pass one, you see an immense stone statue that conjures some recollection in you. Oric. <coughs> yes, that's his name. For a moment, your mind flashes to this same statue in ruins with foreign men in military attire ransacking the room. But then that memory passes and is gone. The statue returned now to its resplendent gl glory. With head of you, ahead of you, there's a glow of a fire, and now you see men and women gathered around it, some who you are sure you've met before, most of which you have not, and yet there is an overwhelming familiarity about them all. They sit and stand around a campfire, and as you approach, they all turn and look, smiling at you, welcoming you. Make a perception check. 22. There's a figure at the center of the crowd next to the fire. You know they are there, but every time you try to get a better view of them, someone else is blocking your view. You have this overwhelming desire to be with them, 
to run into the circle to see their face. And then something strange is happening. <clears throat> to your right, a door is forming. It's wooden, not stone, and it's tall and skinny. You know it doesn't belong here. It's out of place, and it's glowing slightly. A draft is flowing from the door, and for the first time you can remember, you feel cold as it touches you. You hear muffled voices from behind it. They sound urgent, desperate. You smell crushed herbs on the wind. You feel something sharp in your hand. You look and there's nothing there. You hear whispers pleading, asking you to come. For a moment, a memory begins to form. Make an intelligence check. Sixteen. It does feel like there is something you were doing. What was, what was it? It seems like ages ago and so very far away. But there were others you were with. They needed you. That was so long ago. You look to the crowd. That figure still obfuscated from view. You ache to see them, to stay here, where you were safe and known and loved. You look to the door, not knowing what's on the other side. A desire to remember. A desire to go back. What do you do? Go to the door. Okay. As you begin to turn away from the crowd, you notice that they begin, begin to turn back towards the fire. Someone there is speaking. Make a perception check. The, the voice is familiar. It's a man's voice. On the other side of the door? In the circle. Oh, in the circle. How familiar? A memory is forming in your mind, but it passes before you can hold on to it. You open the door. You see a wall of water in front of you. And it occurs to you that you have been looking at this surface for your entire life, only from the other side. Though, now that you are on this side, you 
still haven't taken a breath. You still don't know what it is to breathe. You look back towards the circle. People are gathering there. You look to the water in front of you. What do you do? I've opened the door and I think this is returning to where I just came from. Going to the fire. You feel a pull in both directions. One leading to what was the door. One leading to what will be the fire. Will be. Okay. I think he would have opened the door out of curiosity. And then once he realized what it was, goes to the fire. Just, just the, like the curiosity of that. Yeah. As you turn away from the door, you watch as the light begins to fade and the lines that made up the door fall into shadow until they are completely gone. You move towards the circle of people and the campfire. As you approach, all eyes on you, the crowd begins to part. Your focus is resolute as you push closer and closer to the center of the circle. And as the last person moves out of the way, you finally see the face of a man across the fire beaming at you. The wrinkles around his eyes deepen as his smile stretches wide. You are beginning to remember now. Yosef. That was his name. Though, to you, he's just Pa. You take a step forward, but he's already to you, wrapping you in his arms, his embrace warm. He keeps one arm around you as he turns to the rest of those gathered, your family, your ancestors. He grins, and as the crowd hushes, he turns to you and says, Why don't you tell us that story? The one about the boy. A breeze begins to blow, wrapping each of you in warmth. It whistles across the rim of Yodin's jug. And as it does, the light of the orb hovering above the body flickers one last time and fades. The other lights begin to fade one by one until no light is left, but the faint pink and orange in the eastern sky, the light that signals a new beginning.
These are yours, my friend, to keep. Thank you. <clears throat> That was one of the moments in D&D where I had such a hard time of, like, what would he do? What would he do? What would you do? Yeah. <clears throat> Rustler opens her eyes. And looks to the rest of you. Her expression not giving anything away, but you all know what's happened. He's not breathing. What do you do? I'm gonna grab the bell buckle and hand it to you and say that he would have wanted you to have this. Thanks. Oh, did you cast Mage Hand and pick up the stones? And I don't think it worked. Jennifer Light Volume will put back in that. Open my bag. Interestingly, when you touch the... Oh, you use Mage Hand, okay. I'd like to give Wrestler a hug. Thank you for trying. When you step towards her and embrace her, she seems startled. And she doesn't really know what to do, so. She's just the limp noodle in the middle mm-hmm. of your... I'm going to solve that. I just lean in and give her a meal. <laughs> <laughs> a big squeezy. Uh, Ellery would ask Rustler, like, did, did you hear him or feel him? The door was open. But he didn't want to walk through it. Sounds like he made a choice. It's kind of peaceful in a way, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Do you think you would mind if I took his his spurs for studying, not for like selling or anything like that? Trying to be weird. Mm -hmm. I don't think you would mind. Grab his spurs. Do you think um, Yudin would like to live on here? In this place, or should we take him somewhere else? I wonder if those orbs can maybe turn his body into something beautiful. Yeah. Oh, uh, instead of a tree here, it'd be nice if he was a seed and we could plant him somewhere else, maybe. Feed him to a sheep (laughs) (laughs) and be carried around. (laughs) I like the seed idea. Mm Um, I think I'd like to. Ask the orbs if they could. Um, not that they've listened to us at all. The orbs, when the one above Yoden dissipated, mm-hmm. they, rained, they all disappeared. Disappeared. My long legs are hanging out. <clears throat> the only light left is that, okay. that thin line of sunrise to the east. 
Your robes disappeared? Oh, okay. Juniper would turn to wrestler and say, what was your relationship with Esmeralda? We know that you two had one. We're just trying to figure out, were you helping her? And if you were, why would you help her? She seems out of sorts, um, as if what she's seen here affected her in some way. And she says, Esmeralda and I made a deal a long time ago. I have a knack for reclaiming lost souls. She agreed to bring Renault the body of Renault. And I agreed that I would attempt to restore that body. But it was a bit more complicated than that. She said that she would let me leave this place if I could bring her love back to her and that she would leave me alone if I left her alone. I promised to allow her to harvest the souls of those that came. But I broke that agreement when you came along. Children were never a part of our deal. I had a child once. But it seems that I am free at last. Why was she harvesting souls? Oh. I can't be sure, but I think it's what gave her her power. Mm -hmm. What will you do now, um, since you are free? It's, um, it seemed before that you had been here for quite some time, uh, whatever time means in this place. I think I will go west. It's been a long time. I am ready to move on. Exactly west would you go from here? Where you came from? To the plains of the stretch, perhaps. I don't remember being a child. We don't have memories until we're quite old, but Something draws me to that place. Um, we, um, we have a boat. Um, maybe we could um, help you get um, to oh. where you're going. It's supposed to make us feel better. 
that she makes a deal with Esmeralda and decides to break it only when a kid shows up. The adults are speaking. It's totally fine to be to attract Sebastian in here. All these other people who came to the circus. Oh, but she's such a good person because she stopped when it was a kid. Yeah. We're not this? helping her. I feel like she had um, maybe not a lot of choice in the matter. Everybody makes a choice. This is ridiculous. We are not pitying this person. I am not asking for your help or your pity. Good. We'll keep you. You guys do as you want. You should keep your boat if you have a boat. Um, thank you for trying to bring back our friend. Um, yeah, in exchange for payment. I don't get this. I'm serious. It sounds like you hadn't made a choice. He'd already started making that transition to whatever's next, and he didn't want to come back. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay. You're a really terrible person. You should have more backbone. You want judgments? Can be whatever they are. And she turns and starts walking back to her cabinet, her cabin. I turn around. Go on. Walk. I think it's great the way you think you can talk down to me because I'm a kid. But you're one of the worst people I've ever known. And I'll turn around and walk. I'm going to cast Phantasmal Force at third level. And I want her entire hut to burst into flames. There are no doors or windows. And there are just screams of the people's faces that she recognizes that she fed to Esmeralda. She needs to make an intelligent saving throw of 15. She doesn't say. No. She fails. Okay. So for one minute, she will take 1d6 psychic damage. Okay. For one minute? For one minute. Every round for a minute? Yeah. Oh. And essentially she's... She's she save at the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Until she mind melts. Um, yeah. From fear. Yeah. You all watch as she stops short of her... Um, her hovel. And... She seems entranced and looking at something that none of you, none of the rest of you see. Um, hard to read a bird face, but <laughs> um, beak open, quivering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever's happening with that just seems to wash over her as she just kind of like slowly gets smaller and smaller in the space that she takes up. Until she's on her knees in front of her cabin, and eventually, she, mechanically, yeah. she can yeah. save. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's fine. She's not responsive to anything that's happening. Um, I feel like uh, Ember is so somatic, and all of his spells that require 
um, book thumping and hand drawing and things that yeah. we would probably have no, noticed that, it, that you yeah. Um, yeah. did he, something. A, uh, like a, a Mobius strip. He would like be moving his hands yeah. and a, a, mo- yeah. a visual Mobius strip would form um, to craft this illusion. Okay. School spell. And oh, oh, what have you done? I've done nothing that she won't grow out of, but it's important that she remember this. Sebastian comes over to you and kind of pulls you aside. There are some lessons that you'll need to learn yourself. Allow me to share mistakes of my past so that perhaps you don't repeat them. I'm not making any mistakes. If you have powers, you are supposed to be using them to help people who are hurting. Period. I don't disagree. Well, good. I'm glad we settled that then. But vengeance will lead you down a path you do not want to go. Do you think that your powers are helping that creature right now? Helping her to remember the consequences of making a deal with a witch who has killed her friend who would have killed you. What are we supposed to do? Just let her go on about her business? Give her a boat to blow? Sure, that makes sense to me. There is a line that we have to draw. We are supposed to be on the right side of the line. I feel like we don't know what was going through Rustler when she made that deal. I mean, she talked about having a child. Maybe she did it for some reason that we are unaware of. It's not on us, like Sebastian said, to wield pain. That's not what we're about when she tried to help us. It wasn't her fault that it failed on Yoden. I'm not mad at her for failing on Yoden. It was Yoden's choice. I'm mad at her because she was she could have stopped this sooner. The lines She's, aren't always straight. We've taken life too, Ember. Bad life. We don't know. Who's to say what's good or bad? I hope to be judged um, by the last things that I do, not um, the first things that I do. That's actually really quite profound. Um. I don't know. Whatever. I'll think about it. Thanks. I'm sorry I was impatient with you earlier. I get it. You didn't have your focus and you didn't have your instrument. I get it. Thank you for healing our friends when they needed it. And thanks for talking to me. I get it. Do you remember what I said to you the night we met? Boo! That you saw great promise or potential, if I recall correctly. I said there's something different about you. Yep. (laughs) Maybe it's that I know when you should stand on the right side of a particular line. Lines exist. He he smiles. Um, Just that... Upturned corner of mouth. 
there's a long road ahead of you. Make sure that you surround yourself with those that can light the path. And he looks to the rest of you. I don't know what you have planned for your friend, but if there's anything you need, we have plenty back of the camp. I don't know what's next for you, but you can come and stay with us if you need some time to figure it out. We might want to take um, our friend somewhere um, far away. Could you help us um, preserve um, his form as it is um, until we get uh, to a destination? I do not possess that skill, but I think there's something, someone back at camp who might. A long journey ahead of you. In which direction are you heading? I think that's what we will discuss tonight when we are together. Of course. These things need um, time. Well, <clears throat> and he looks to the sunrise. If that is east, then I think we should go north. Sure. Like back towards the carnival area? Yeah. Yeah. You guys remember that um, if you look at the map of yeah. Sharnholm, mm-hmm. the Greywood was to the south. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. How um, are we all going to help each other carry him because the wisps are gone now? Without you even asking, Sebastian is standing by Yoden's body. Mm-hmm. Carrying, mage, and etc. All right. <clears throat> Does Yoden have Rigamortis? <laughs> that takes a while. That's your choice. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a while. Okay, good enough. Your priapism is quite embarrassing. <clears throat> um, you walk as the as the sun rises, and um, in less than an hour, you find yourself coming to the edge of a clearing. Um, You see some activity, but not much this early. Um, As people uh, uh, kind of wake up, um, some starting fires, uh, campfires, and um, the smell of uh, uh, coffee and bacon and other... Um, treats uh, being prepared for the morning Um, and as you enter the clearing um, at first you go unnoticed but as you start to walk a little bit further into camp eyes are starting to turn towards Sebastian and um, pretty soon there's a a crowd that that gathers around Um, looks of worry and panic kind of transforming into relief uh, 
as the leader of this um, tent city has found his way back. Um, looks of concern at the rest of you and Sebastian at the at the condition that you're all in and um, uh, unless there's anything else that you guys want to discuss before you're pulled away into a place where you can rest safely. Just, I mean, we should probably figure out, like, should we find someone to help deal with Yoden and preserve him? Yeah. Before we rest? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, trying to find that person. Okay. Um, Sebastian looks around and spots uh, a halfling in the crowd. One of the, um, one of the performers that uh, was a part of the trapeze act, uh, or no, sorry, the, uh, the the clown act that was being juggled mm-hmm. by the, uh, the the Goliath, and um, he he says, "Please go fetch Jerex." <clears throat> and moments go by. Um, a few minutes later, a uh, this um, almost startling to you. Uh, you haven't seen this this creature before, but. Um, You've seen skeletons of this creature, a minotaur, huge, hulking, kind of comes walking in and you you actually feel the ground kind of shake as it walks and you're all of you looking up. This is a a rare moment for Juniper. Um, You see that um, Jirex has, um, he's got this like... um, this bull head, right? And in his fur is this white... Um, kind of paint that's been like just rubbed under one eye. Um, he carries a, a staff, and from the staff, um, these these uh, leaves and and flowers um, are kind of like hanging and wrapped around. Um, and he looks at at the body, and um, he he says uh, in a very very deep voice, "I." will need some time. And he begins um, pulling different things out of a bag that he carries around his side and um, starts kind of packing um, different types of herbs and different um, spaces on on his body. And um, he is, uh, as a part of this, kind of casting a ritual. Um, And... He tells you when it's complete that um, this should preserve um, the remains for, uh, you know, quite some time. A few weeks at that point, they will continue to to decay. Thank you. I am sorry for you. as well it was quite a loss he would have liked you he would have wanted to ride you he just kind of grins (laughs) Um, Sebastian says we we can find a space for for him Uh, if you would like 
or if you want to keep him close, that's okay as well. You can stay in my tent. There should be ample space for all of you. That's very nice. Thank you. <clears throat> Anything any of you are doing? I would maybe suggest that we rest, even though it's the beginning of the day. We've all had a really long couple yes. days. Yeah. And I could use that as well. So he leads the way to um, this one of the larger tents in the in this tent city, though by no, no means fancier than than the others. Um, and um, as he pulls back the flap and you, you step in, um, you have that strange, delightful feeling that you had as you entered the big top. The space inside of this tent is much larger than it looked on the outside. And there are multiple rooms, um, sitting areas, and um, beds. And, um, where, where are you going to stay if we stay in here at the room for... Oh, there's plenty of space. space. Okay. I'll yeah, stay here. Wanna, don't wanna, yeah. There's some cushions just right there on the floor. It says, you, you take the beds. I'll be fine right here. There are a few things I need to attend to uh, before I rest. <clears throat> I'm definitely going to let my bees out and let them fly around in this new place. Sure. They need some air. Yep. <laughs> that isn't swamp. Yeah. Um, they seem eager and kind of fly out of the flap of the tent and, and uh, hunt of nectar. Yeah. Juniper would unlike usual find a corner and just sort of curl up and sort of cry herself to sleep yeah okay okay um uh Ember will sit down and pull out the belt buckle and spurs and this little piece of Bart from Ellery's staff and just spend some time writing in his notebook tracing just looking and then eventually just crash out sure um Ellery would have taken Yoden's hat you had a hat didn't you mm-hmm. oh my gosh oh, yeah. you have a hat yeah <laughs> what a hat <laughs> What a hat it was. I think she she would have taken his hat and like gone and found a bed and like curled up with it, gone to sleep. Okay. Uh, I was gonna try to put my bed roll at least really close to like Hillary, I think, tonight. Be close to your buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where's yeah. MT? Um this whole time, MT's just been curled on Yoden's chest. Aww. We'll never bring up the sacrificing MT again. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, MT just darted off. That was exactly. pretty real. <laughs> a lot of things were said. It was a weird moment. And grasping for straws. Valuables, toes, yeah. cat. Yeah. <laughs> How many toes are we willing to sacrifice? Wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, we are exhausted. Yeah. 
It's very early morning. It's very early morning. Okay. Uh, so you, you all find your way to um, sleep. It doesn't take long. <laughs> um, as much as you want to, to spend time sketching, you probably get a few, few lines drawn as you nod off and, um, you know, have that fitful wake an hour later and push the, the, the book and the quill out from under your head. They've made, you know, imprints on your face. Um, but uh, you are able to um, to drift off to sleep. Um, Juniper. <clears throat> You're running through the fields. Darius is ahead of you. Come on, Shoebug. He's laughing. And the sun is setting. It's getting dark, but even though you know you should be heading back home, it's it's more exciting to be with your brother. He leads you into a glade <clears throat> and he tells you that if you just wait just 30 more minutes, you'll see things you've never seen before, and you sit there hand in hand with him <clears throat> as the light begins to fade and something new is born. Glowfowl and the trees, they all radiate brilliant colors and light. And for a moment, you feel as if nothing in the world could ever stop you. Ember. <clears throat> You're reading as you normally do, reading and imagining and sketching, <clears throat> and you watch as a new pattern appears. It's a spiral, but it doesn't seem to have a beginning or end. And you wonder if you'll ever be able to understand it or, or catch the true meaning behind it. But as you sit and you sketch, you feel your book start to vibrate in your hands. <clears throat> and as it does, you, you watch this shape become letters, and the letters become words. And for a moment, you glimpse something far more profound than you ever thought possible. And you shut the, the cover on your book so as to lock in that secret. 
Two below. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a screw <laughs> You're tending to the apiaries. Hmm. Your grandmother moving in a familiar way, deftly, quickly, harvesting what can be harvested, but leaving everything that's needed. And she teaches you how life is about balance, about giving more than you take, because there will always be enough. And for that moment, you feel like you are enough. Mm, what a good feeling. Mm. Ellery. <clears throat> You're on a ferry going down the green banks, leaving what was behind and wondering what lies ahead. You feel hopeful that even though you came from that place and those people, that's not what defines you. And in that moment, you feel possibility. You all awake to a hushed conversation that's happening outside of the flap of the tent, but feel rested. And for a moment, some of you forgot what happened last night and there's um, that that little slipstream that happens between your dreams and reality where some hope of the five of you being there together exists until you're reminded that one of you is no longer but you may all level up to six and mark a long rest. You awake to a kind of a hushed conversation that's happening. Um, Juniper, I'd say because you said you you just found a corner and like kind of curled up in there, um, there were beds available where was where do you think everybody you were with your book would you have taken a bed would you have um, found a space on uh, I would have probably found a space on the on the ground okay if it wasn't obvious that there were beds there it was obvious if there were plenty multiple of beds, rooms multiple I would, beds. I would definitely this is a space for like hosting yeah. and like okay. then guests yeah. of honor might then stay yeah. here yeah. I found a bed found a bed the bed next to him Ellery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you had your bedroll. Um, 
so because you just kind of curled up on the floor, why don't you make a perception check? Um, you look over to, um, to see Sebastian. He has not slept. And there, you can just kind of see, like, through the tent flaps that are, like, waving in the breeze. You just get, like, little glimpses of him. He's talking to Quadina. um... And they're having this conversation with a 16. You're just picking up little bits and pieces, but there's a there's a real look of concern on Sebastian's face. Um, you hear something about something happened last night. There were people. Um, you hear uh, you hear the word. Um, you hear like torches and pitch, pitchforks. Um, you hear Gunny mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's all you're getting. Magic. Nope. It's all coming back now. <clears throat> um, and as yeah, the rest of you kind of <sighs> slip into the reality that is today, what would you guys like to do? Uh, I would like to exit the tent and you know, apologetically say, I'm so sorry for interrupting, I couldn't help. But over here, is everything, is everything okay? As you kind of pull the tent flap back, there's kind of a, a shift in Sebastian. Kind of, his concern shifts from here to you, and he says, were you able to sleep? Quite well, thank you so much. Your hospitality, after everything you've been through, seems like you haven't gotten to sleep. Our situation has um, gotten a bit more complicated since I left. Um, but uh, um, are the others okay? Is there anything that we can bring you or that you need? I don't think so. Could you let us help you? I'm... <clears throat> think we might be beyond help at this point. Um, but why don't I tell you all um, what's what's happening? Uh, are, are the others awake yet? I think so. I'll like peek back in and check and say, hey guys, if you have a minute, Sebastian wants to update us on some stuff. Okay, great. That's... He kind of walks in and yeah. like the, the central space of this is kind of like a, a lounge, you know, where after shows, you know, the backstage. Sure, you know, sure. People come in. The green room. Hang out. And those that, you know... Only orange m ms Had yeah. special invites that got to talk to Sebastian. It's going to be like a breakfast buffet or something. This did feel great. Thanks for waking us up. Mm-hmm. The ghost of you didn't want to say anything right now. <laughs> ah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Gene's rattling. No! No! Um... <clears throat> he gathers you around and he says, um, Quidina has, um, she's updated me with, um, some unfortunate news. Um, you see, 
part of the curtain call. Um, well, I know a trick or two, as you've seen. <clears throat> I have a talent in tweaking the way people remember. I don't take anything important. Um, nothing that would diminish their experience or make them feel differently than they felt before, but um, some of the finer details, perhaps. Um, I like for it to be ambiguous as to how we're doing what we do, but some people are observant, and being as I was pulled away after our last show and before our last curtain call, It seems that word has gotten back to the city, and um, you basically make it so that they don't know that you're doing magic here. More or less. Death. Um, that too bad. So the situation. Um, last night there was a mob that came. Um, the sheriff, Gunny. Mm-hmm. Have you met him? We have. Yes, he was putting up um, a sign uh, when we arrived. Yes. Lot of nose. To his credit, he was trying to keep order, but the crowd was threatening violence. So he finally said that, well, and he turns to Quadina. She says, <clears throat> he said that we've got three nights. Uh, Whatever happened here after that would be out of his control. Um, so, <clears throat> when was the last time you had sorry, Was the last time you had to move? Well, it's um, it's been some time, but I think that we've finally outstayed our welcome. Speaking of time, uh, we were confused as how long we had been gone. When did, um, when did you disappear? I mean, how much time has passed? It's been very confusing for us. Um, Quadina tells you that you've been gone. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Wait for it. Uh, uh, three days. Okay. And so, no. last night was the first night that they came. You've been gone longer, Ember. Okay. But the three of them. And last night was the night that they came. So they have two more nights. <clears throat> yeah. 50 years you've been in the swamp. Everyone you um, know and learn is dead. Your grandpa. Your grandpa. It's like... Uh, what's the Matthew McConaughey space movie? Uh, yeah. Where he sees his daughter and she's like and she's interstellar. And interstellar. Yeah. We were just talking about that so scene. Weird. She sent me Ashley sent me the gif of him cry, like sitting there crying in front of the Yeah. <laughs> so um you ever seen it? Time. Happy <laughs> <laughs> girl, hang on. <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, by the way. <laughs> that is like the pinnacle of the movie. It's, it's, it's been out for seven years. I mean, so sorry at this yeah, point. It's, 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 it's like 
like, I've never seen the Green Mile. What happens? Like, <laughs> at this point, you're not going to see it. Right. You see it. Um, but you should see it. <laughs> so Sebastian says, um, well, part of the conversation that you overheard is kind of like, where will we go? You know, and they're, they're kind of chewing on that idea, but... Um, he says, I'd, um, I'd hate to leave the Eastern Continent, but um, I feel our work here may need to come to an end, at least for a time. Um, I feel wherever we go now, our reputation may precede us. Um, How much space do you need to travel? Oh, well, we have ways of... Um, Packing light, so to speak, but uh, there are quite a few of us. Um, perhaps we can commission a a fleet, <laughs> several ships, um, if we're to leave here, or maybe we will fade out of view for a while and set up somewhere. But. Uh. Don't what you worry about us. What, what if you good? knew somebody who had access to a ship? Or two. Or two. That'd be helpful. It certainly could. It certainly could be helpful, yes. <clears throat> um, I don't know anybody like that, I'm just saying. That would be helpful <laughs> if you happen to know somebody who had access to the ship. Or two. Oh yeah, I'm, st- Never mind. I'm still mad at you. I'm still mad at you! <laughs> Classic. Classic. <laughs> Classic teenager. We, <laughs> I forgot. We were here and he was here and we talked about the ship. Uh, and I offered it to... Oh, that's so right. He already knows. That's right. Yeah, he already knows. So that, you could have been a dick saying that, like, I don't know. When he already knows it. I think friendly. I mean, you're still good. You can still be a jerk about it. I was a mean jerk. Okay. I mean, I if you wanted to be, it would still be kind of a jerk way. And <laughs> I like you more and more. Every day. Chains rattling. I had a thought. Um, I don't mean to overstep my bounds, but um, seeing as we need to be on our way soon, and, um, well, I'm alive because, um, you were there, and your friend Yodin, well, perhaps we could, um, perform some some sort of service, some sort of memorial for this great Mm. bar storyteller. I think he would love something around a fire with music. I think that can be arranged. And a story. Mm-hmm. Lots of stories. Well, if um, <clears throat> we have at least another night, um, and he kind of looks out the tent flap. It was morning when you guys slept, so it's getting to be late yeah. afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um If I'm being honest, um, I already had some people um, 
begin preparations. And um, he says, if you'll, if you'll follow me. Uh, and he leads you out of the tent, and there are um, these bonfires that are on the, usually on the back side of the tent, but he's brought um, these seats, uh, these logs that usually sit around the fires and, and kind of arrange them as a, a small theater in front of the big top. Um, on the main lawn, and <clears throat> you can see that um, although uh, looking around, the smaller booths have begun to be packed away. The, the lights still remain hanging over this, this lawn, and um, there's some hustle and bustle in this space. Um, people getting ready for um, what he hoped he would agree to, and uh, a retelling of um, <clears throat> who Yodin was. Uh, and uh, he he asks you, is there anything... I didn't know him. Um, is there anything he might like? Uh, anything that we might do to make this more um, appropriate for him? We loved colors. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... That's easy, easy, and he kind of um, points up at the the lights and strums uh, a quick tune, uh, just one little chord, and the the lights turn into a myriad of colors, uh, something like that, maybe I don't know, um, and you know, still, you know, the the the. Uh, late afternoon sun is is still up, but um, these lights kind of give flavor and color to the space. He um, he really respected you. Um, he knew your name and thought that you were just amazing. So I think if if you were just to say some nice things about him in front of people, I really think that would actually mean quite a whole whole lot. I've never been um, never been the real talent in my shows, but um, I could perhaps weave some of your stories together. He was really, really good at um, he was really great at telling stories and making fun of people and making them laugh. Sure. He was an even better leader than that he thought he was, and he thought he was a pretty good leader. But he was really, he really was good at bringing people together with story and with song and and creating connection with people. It was a gift of his. And he loved Thunderhold Ale, right? Is that what it's called? Thunderhold Ale? Alright. Oh, yeah, hey. Now, I'm going to pull out this map and hand it, or actually, first I'm going to show it. Um, hey, this, I found that. On this is one he drew. Yon song, yeah, mm-hmm. on Yon song art's body, and uh, I think I don't know. Don't know if that's like a something about him that you guys knew or didn't know. It's a drawing or a map of where he's from. Well, yeah, the place that he grew up was taken over by the Empire, and I think he saw his dad fight and was captured, and he was on a quest to find him. This whole time, he's just kind of taking it in. Mm-hmm. He loved people's hands. 
I'd like to classify them. Dark hands. He could look at your hands and tell you what kind you had. And that meant a lot. It's, um, it seemed like he escaped some hard, hard labor before his travels. Mm. He was a cowboy. Mm-hmm. He, um, are we all cowboys? He rode. Yeah. He rode. He was. He like to say, I ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was always really encouraging. He would always mm-hmm. be like, "You're made for this." To y'all. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it just seemed kind of cool. You don't meet many people like that. Mm-hmm. He had a way um, of cutting right to the point and uh, saying things without uh, too much flowery language sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was sort of infuriating, too. Of course. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, Absolutely. a lot of times, actually. I'm just wanting to be honest here because it feels like if I died, I'd... Actually, don't be honest. I don't want you to be honest. Just be nice. <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. Because he really appreciated that. Yeah. Me? Yeah, he was... He could really piss me off. But I think I really liked him a lot. I think that, um, that's what makes up a, a whole person. It's yeah. the sweet and the sour. Yeah. Otherwise, um, it's not as good. Yeah. That's pretty profound. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Two people describes a person as sweet and sour. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about food. Um... Do you have anybody who knows how to play a toot jug? Mm. It's probably not. It's a very difficult instrument, as you didn't told me. <clears throat> I'm not quite familiar with it, but um, I could give it a shot, perhaps. Uh, I mean, you're that's, that's kind of up your up your alley, right? I wind instrument. No, my way around an instrument or two. Sure. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe somebody you did that. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was it one of you wouldn't this, Sebastian? Um, <clears throat> They're doing a great job. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would mean a whole lot to him, wouldn't it? <clears throat> For Sebastian Silas to say something nice about him in front of people and toot his joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My job. Okay, well, anything else? He believed everything happened for a reason. The cosmos was a song to be sung and harmonized with. And even when we didn't understand what was happening, he would just say, It's the cosmos. Cosmos. That was a pretty good impression. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like he had certainty in that uncertainty. Mm -hmm. I didn't know him as well as you guys did, but he had a bit of a dark side. There was one time where I was like, oh my gosh, that person's dead. I've never seen that. And he just goes, I have. <laughs> just stared at me like, pretty dark. He, yeah. That was a pretty good impression too. So maybe that's like what you're saying about like the whole person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what else? He's a pretty good dresser. He had style. He did have style. Oh my goodness. He loved to shop, too. That was one of my favorite days with him, is just getting to go and spend some money on some new clothes. (laughs) I've never seen him happier, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he? he, I think he cried a little. He was so happy. He was just. He he slayed. He slayed. (laughs) 
in battle. Mm-hmm. He was. Mm-hmm. He wasted his ground. What but in a very him? him way, by making people fall asleep, by mocking them. Mm-hmm. There was the one time where we kind of didn't want to fight the giant two-headed fire. Oh, yeah. Don't bring that up. We, we should not bring that no. up. No. We should we In the end, yeah, that farmer got made into a tree. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Tomato, tomato. Like, <laughs> I'd rather be alive. Who's to say? I guess, I mean, in a way, he is. Still alive, yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Oh, he pooped his pants one time. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's... Uh, <laughs> it that, stands are out. Are you kidding me? It just, it's, 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 yeah. I, I didn't want to say anything. Like, I thought I smelled something. But then we were, like, in a haunted cave. Yeah. It was, like, yeah, you just kind of smell fifis everywhere you go. There was a pie-eating contest, and he was really yeah. committed to causes, you know. And he was pretty competitive. Um, yeah. I'd say it's probably a three on the Enneagram. I just mm-hmm. feel like it's, it's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's an ancient methodology. It's <laughs> probably witchcraft. Well played. Well played. A personality. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Um, huh. You didn't um, uh, talk to me how to insult someone? Oh, yeah. I how to are done before? Yeah. Yeah. I think he. Yeah, I tried to. That ain't no hat. He told me once mm. that uh, really toasted someone. <laughs> that ain't no hat. <laughs> that ain't no hat. I think that was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, he's really good at giving nicknames. You were Barry. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were the only one. Yeah, that could but be. he didn't give me a nickname. I could do without that, but. Uh... <laughs> He was really good at giving one nickname for somebody. Don't call me that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> um, we used to, we would used to, we used to over the three days that I we would do the thing where we'd each do mage hand, and we would have our mage hand <clears throat> work together. He was a really good teammate in that way. Did you ever thumb warrior mage hands? Oh my. Should have done that. Next time. But it was also a thing where, like, I'm right-handed, and so I would be right-handed mage hand, and he would come up with the right-handed mage hand, and Couldn't I would have to, it. and I would have to switch to left-handed to do the thing. Mm-hmm. So he was also kind of pushy in that way. Mm-hmm. But he was still my best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend. He loved you a lot. You've been a lot like it. Yeah. yeah, he was always talking to me. Not yeah. to take anything from y'all for Actually, I think the last words Yoden <laughs> said to you were, I love you. <gasps> so oh, right. yeah. Um, Pretty sure. Yeah, I want to say that the last <laughs> word he ever said to me. <laughs> it was the last thing he ever said to me. He said, Ember, I love you. And... Oh. That was all. I said that like there was something else after it, but that was it. How did how did you respond? I think I tried to cast a spell on the witch and she overcame it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he died. (laughs) I I do think you said thank you. You probably saw it in your eyes, Ember, that you he was your best friend. 
You knew. I think I did say thank you. I think you said thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So he knows it. God, <laughs> miss him so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's like the princess. Like a, I love you. I know. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm okay. I think this gives me um, quite a bit to, to um, work with. So, um, material. I say this. I don't know what you have planned for the rest of the day, if anything, but... Um, oh, we were going to divide up these things. <laughs> Do you need any help packing away? Can we be of assistance to you? No, no, we'll, we'll take care of that. You, um, you rest or um, do what you need to do. Um, get your affairs in order. I will say, um, I'd worry that the people of Sean Holm... Hailstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <clears throat> it is just a tent. <laughs> I worry that um, they may be wary now of anything that's unfamiliar or um, anyone that they may not know that might be an outsider. Seems like... Um, the sentiment of the city is changing. Uh, if you could imagine it being even worse, I dare say it might. So, <clears throat> it might be wise or advisable for you all to leave as well. Mm. Just something to think about. No fighting, no stealing, no magic, no kidding. No witching, no giving kidding. Real. Um. Did you say, um, do you know more of where you will go next, um, for sure? Um, perhaps it's time that we made another visit to the Free Cities, or, um, we could head west for a time. Um, there's still many wonders that lie undiscovered. If we could give you passage to the free cities would that be helpful? Oh yes, of course um, Though, and he kind of looks around at the tents you see people um, packing things away and as they do <clears throat> these big tents are packing down into small satchels <laughs> um, it's not necessarily that um, our things, it's just our family has grown quite a bit. Um, and you, you're looking around and you're seeing, I mean, there's got to be hundreds of people to run gotcha. something like this. Um, we only have, we only have two boats, but I imagine we could hire more if needed. Well, we have means to do so. Um, if you'd be willing to um, take some of us, perhaps that would cut down our cost, and um, perhaps we could hire fewer ships. Mm-hmm. We could also help negotiate if you feel like you guys are too conspicuous at this point in the town. We'd be happy to do that. That might be wise. I don't know that I can show my face, though. And he just kind of waves his hand and transforms into um, a spitting image of Gunny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I said. Tricks. 
That's pretty cool. That's a very cool trick. <laughs> you know, um, if we needed to do something immediately, um, we have a favorable reputation in the city so far, um, and no one knows of Jordan's death. If you wanted to look like Jordan, you could um, potentially come with us if you okay, wanted to. Um, yes, actually, that's not a bad idea. Uh, it will take um, the rest of the evening after the show uh, to get our things in order here, but um, perhaps tomorrow we could um, make arrangements. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where will you go? You're heading to the Free City, so... We haven't talked about it. I mm-hmm. assumed we would go west. Yeah. Uh, well... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go into the Free City. <laughs> Are you we, we gotta tie things off with Greyheart uh, at some point, right? What about you, Linda? And Fair Isle, those studies. I have no idea what I'm gonna I'm so excited. I've just been thinking I'll go back to Fair Isle, but if y'all are going to the free city, then if I'm allowed, and I understand if I'm not. Why wouldn't you be? You're one of us. Uh, we, I mean, I kind of goofed up yesterday, but, um, though I would understand, but wow, if y'all are going to the free cities, or even. That would be amazing, but I don't. Short answer: I don't know. Uh, I feel like you are a part of our group and, and such a good friend to us so far. I would love to travel with you some more. Wow! Really? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow! Oh. Uh, so so brave and and, um, and powerful. <laughs> I was going to say the spots just opened up. Oh, no. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Good timing. Uh, I'll like, make it see. <laughs> it's a I would, wanted. I would definitely do that. I would need to write a letter to my dad just to kind of let him know what's going on because he thinks that I'm going right back to school, but I think he would also support this. So. <clears throat> that would be great. Hillary, um, I was curious um, if I might ask. What was it that you found in that pouch? It was a letter, an order of conscription. Um, I I couldn't make much sense of it. I mean, it, there's a lot here. Uh, in the year of our divine emperor Argentine, three seventy four, during the cycle of Fenrir, and. So Set forth herein, it is decreed that you, Byron Blackstone, enemy of the state number 15737, have entered into the conscription made possible by the benevolence and grace of the emperor himself. Believe this is the emperor's, the empire's symbol, right? The symbol we've seen in the necklaces. Yeah. Um, By which you may enter your citizenship in the empire and all rights and liberties granted therein. Long now you are branded a traitor for your war crimes against the holy empire during the empire's liberation of Thunderhold. So shall you and all of your family and heirs be pardoned of all heresy? Oh yes. And treasons of your past upon completion of the conscripted task. You are hereby ordered to report for duty at the port of the Summer Palace on the first day of the cycle of Orinth, whereby you will be assigned to an artifact recovery task force 
whose mission is and shall remain classified. Should you not report, your crime of renewed treason shall be punishable by confession and you will be granted absolution through cleansing... Wait. That sounds about right. Death? Oh, by death. (laughs) By the grace of our good Emperor Argentine, first of his name, ruler of the... And then it said, conscripted on the 8th Farron as witnessed by General Reginald Fitz. This was where? In that pouch that I found. The, in the bureau. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. This is, um, this could be a ticket to get um, closer to the Empire. I understand this is what Jotun was so concerned about. Yeah. I feel like um, if he was here, he would be very excited to, to hear about this opportunity. Um, Does anyone know where the port of the Summer Palace is? Would any of us have any idea? <clears throat> um, I do, though it's not necessarily a place you want to just waltz into. Unless we have a letter that says we are allowed to come in. Does the name Byron Blackstone mean anything to anyone? The Blackstones, um, <clears throat> they were a clan of um, Thunderhold, as I understand it. Um, I met a Blackstone or two in my travels. They, um, there was a war many years ago. Um, Thunderhold was... Over, overrun and the Empire says liberated I think that's where Yoden got separated from his dad yeah I think so which, which pouch was this on? And <clears throat> when we came out of the dungeon the basement it was in that like dresser oh, okay. that had knocked okay. over yes, okay. Because they want them, I, I feel like we should. I feel like this is what Jordan would do if wanted us to go towards. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I have preparations to make. I will leave you to whatever your plans are. If you your offer stands, I would graciously accept, though. You are under no. Um, <coughs> you're you're under no promise. I understand if you need to go a different way, or um, <clears throat> but we don't know where we're going. So um, your direction is as good as any. If you have the space, okay. uh, the ship that, um, that we owned, it may or may not be in port. It, um, it's been traveling around and uh, making its own way to isolate. So. Emperor, could you possibly send your bird to find our captain? Is that too far? That's way too far. Okay. Um, Does anyone have any means of communication with 
long long distance. He wouldn't have like a pouch or anything, right? No, but did we have something? Your network. I, I mean, I remember uh, <clears throat> Greyheart had the stone or something. Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think somebody with those. Um, but someone would have to have the other one. The other right? stone. Is there? Uh, yeah. Wait, did we not give him the others? No. Okay. It's Greyheart and his cousin. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Getting those and giving one to the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I can mm-hmm. send a letter to my network and see if they can possibly help us get in touch. Do you have a network? This is the first we're hearing about this. <laughs> I just like, take a piece of paper out and scribble on it. Okay. Is there a library in Charnholm? I didn't see one when I arrived. Um, <clears throat> there is a, as far as I know, a collection of uh, books um, at the Chapel of the Lonesome Ten, though um, not library per are se. They f- are they friendly to our kind of folk, or are they friendly to Gunny? Um... <laughs> Natural one. I, I don't spend much time in the... It may not be worth the risk, then. I was going to say, I could maybe go and see if there's somebody there who could help us out, but that would be tipping our hand. Yeah. yeah. That's all I've got. Would um, the free cities uh, be a good place for us to go and um, potentially gather some more information? Um, the free cities yeah. are a wondrous place to wrath is... Um, Incredible, um, wondrous, so much that's packed into such a small space. It's not a continent, but um, it has the the ecological diversity of one. Ooh, such a big word. Um, would you say this is the kind of place one? to go um, before you die? Oh, certainly. Though I feel that way about most places. Um, I, I feel um, the need to be more adventurous um, mm-hmm. as of late. Mm-hmm. You seem more adventurous as of late. <laughs> I feel, I feel um, a bit, is this much taller for some reason? I don't know why. But... You look that much <clears throat> taller. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to presume, but... Um... And he's kind of looking at your, your clothing. <laughs> oh yeah? Go on. <laughs> you, you're from Fairmeadow, aren't you? Um, uh, yes, how did you, how did you guess that? It's just surprising to see, um, well, you don't, you don't leave home often. Not to generalize, but that's what I've learned about your people. This is true. Um, this is the first time I have left home to be here now. Well, there's much of the world to see. Some, the more people I meet, the more places I want to go and see. Where all have you been with your show? Mostly here, or...? I've personally traveled um, far and wide. I've been as far south as the Farkovian Wastes. In fact, that's where... Um, 
<clears throat> insert name of Goliath. I can find it, but that's that's yeah. where many of um, well, not many, but a few of our troop are from. Um, do you remember the sort of hulking uh, clown in the show that was juggling? Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. that's where I found him. Um, I've been as far west as the glades of Lunaria and as far north as um, Vashfjord and Jotunvas. Have you ever been to Phelan? I have. I've made my way through um, the dunes to the south, uh, to the ancient libraries. And um, Did you ever meet somebody named Bithidian? I can't say that I did. Did you ever meet somebody named Bithidian, Keeper of the Toth, Shield Warden of Phelan? No, but um, the fissure heart <laughs> in title alone, I, uh, you have me intrigued. Next time you're there, you should ask for him. It's kind of a big deal. I haven't spent as much time in the old city. He's my dad. I'm a third member. <laughs> I, see, I see. I see. He feels great. Yeah. Sounds like quite the quite the man. Um, Indeed. His name is long. (laughs) (laughs) Now that is somewhere I would like to go. Um, Perhaps you could introduce me one day. Oh my gosh, I would. I would definitely will. I definitely will. To be brief, I've been as everywhere that I can have gone and want to go further still. What about your show, though? Like. You all have been here for how long? And well, we've been here for cycles. Um, six, seven. We're getting on a, a year. Okay. Um, but uh, as I said, I fear we've outstayed our welcome at this point. <clears throat> Good to know when to when to call it in. I was hoping to stay here in the east to continue our work. I think it is a important thing to win win over the hearts and minds of those who who live in fear. Do you feel like you've been able to do that in your time? I think that we have slowly edged sentiment away from these insidious, insidious um, rumors and, and superstitions, but I certainly believe that our work here is not done. Okay. I'm gonna reach down and act like I'm tying my shoe, but I'm actually moving my hands. And I'm going to cast message to Juniper Lightfall and say, Do you think that we should ask him about the stones? He's been everywhere. He knows about the Empire. It's your call. Or I can ask the others. I can communicate back to you that yes. way, right? Yeah. In your mind. <laughs> my mind would say to Ember's mind. 
after everything we've been through and everything we've lost. I really, that's fine. I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. Okay. And I will very quickly, uh, you know, for the sake of this, mm-hmm. like quickly here, quickly there. Hey, Jennifer Lightfall thinks that we should tell Sebastian Silas about the rocks. I mean, the gems, the fragments. You know what I mean. The stones of power. Yep. You can talk back. I think that's a good idea. Who should? Um, Sebastian Silas, there's something that somebody would like to talk to you about. Looks quizzically from one to the other. There are two separate places we've come across these fragments, these stones that seem to be broken apart but also imbued with incredible power. We've noticed that, well, one you've seen, it was the one around Esmeralda's neck. Indeed. And the other that you put into Yon's hand. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything like this in your travels? I have to admit, I was curious, but I didn't want to ask. Um, I've never seen anything like them. There's some draw towards them, some curiosity that, if I'm being honest, is unsatiated. What do you know of them? We think that the Empire might be looking for We... If that is the case, I would not go around showing these to just anyone. We all tell you because you are not just anyone and we have come to trust you in this short time. One of them made you feel really sick, right? Yeah, well, they definitely have a pull. They give you power and they take something from you. They're, mm. Like Wrestler said, there's a cost and it seems to be so with these stones as well. Um, this red one that we found in a cave has certain powers and then it seems like Esmeralda's was able to give her power from the pain or death of other people. Well, and they seem to be connected to gods or the children of gods mm-hmm. or That's a theory like we that. have, yeah. Hmm. So we think there might be more. We think there might be Eight more. Eight more, specifically. <laughs> One potential. You think that they're kind of, it seems like, associated with, with the gods of the old Patreon, pan, Pantheon. 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 <laughs> you just pay <laughs> monthly. You <laughs> get information from the right. gods. <laughs> right. I mean, there's all kinds of way to pronounce all kinds of different words, <clears throat> but... Out of curiosity, how do you say Is Oh, this actually makes me wonder, do you know, like, at the free cities, is there, like, one particular god of the pantheon that everybody worships or something, or... Uh, the free cities are a melting pot of all sorts of dis- different cultures, um... No one, no one god is worshipped there, though um, there is an eclectic mix and um, acceptance for all. Oh. Sounds great. Is magic a little bit more accepted there? <laughs> um, 
if you spend too much time in uh, the free cities, you might think that um, perhaps we should put some sort of limitations on magic. <laughs> oh boy. That you're a freak flag flag. <laughs> that sounds fun. I bet you would like it there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know much about... Um, I don't, I don't know anything at all about these stones, but um, <clears throat> you say the Empire is looking for them. We think maybe. Yeah, we don't know a lot about them, but we've got a lot of guesses. Yeah. A lot Every of time we find a stone, it makes think. sense with this letter. It said something about an artifact recovery task force. Yes, it's um, highly it's secretive. Seemed very similar to what um, every time we have found one of these stones, uh, the path has been littered with uh, dead empire um, people. Mm. Well, do you intend to track them all down? It seems that maybe we should weave them together. We are not sure. That seems dangerous if they're as powerful as you say. I think it's better for them to be in the right hands than the wrong ones at this point. The progress that the Empire is making is scary. It's alarming. You didn't feel strong enough um, that this should be a course of action and he gave his life um, mm-hmm. tracking his down. Did. Do you guys feel like whenever we say Yoden's name we should do some sort of like special like thing with our hands or something like yeah like we like if you say somebody's certain name then you know you have to do something but like if we say Yoden Songheart then we should like do we should think about that I think that might be a horrific thing to do towards him sleep on it sleep on it jump to it we'll try it on for now, keep them hidden. Okay. That would be my advice. And perhaps we'll come across someone that knows more about them than I do. Um, I'll leave you to it. I, I <clears throat> honestly would be happy with any direction, um, as long as it's away from here. I don't think that um, we're safe any longer. Should we go back to um, spend the night uh, in town this evening to do anything else we need to do? And then tonight, the celebration? Yeah. Celebration of life. Oh, that's right. That's it. You're welcome to stay here, or if you have other arrangements, you can, um, after the show, make your way back into the city. As I said, be careful. The sentiment of the city has changed. I kind of like it here. Yeah, although Yoden has a lot of prepaid baths oh, at the no. oh yeah at the end, so we could, oh. we'll see here. Okay. He just he also loved baths. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you want to include that in your review, but loved baths so much. It's a gentle yeah. we did a gentle gentle that. Mm-hmm. or no a prepaid yeah, prepaid. He had a punch pass and he had he didn't have many punches on it. Um Okay, so uh you 
continue to have this conversation, which you can continue into off an offline conversation sure. if you want to, to figure out where you're going next. Um, or we can pick, pick that back up, um, pick that thread back up. But, um, the evening comes and as the sun sets, the, the bright colors, um, are resplendent. Uh, everyone in the camp has gathered, um, as you get the sense that great importance has been put on this night, um, from the top down. Sebastian has, um, insisted that everyone be present, um, and doesn't seem to be any, um, any conflict there. People are willing to be there, um, always intrigued with what Sebastian is going to say or do. He's a captivating figure, and, um, people just lean in when he, he speaks, and, um, in his own quiet way, uh, the lights dim around the outside of the tent. You're sitting again on the lawn, the big top ahead of you. And um, uh, without the big, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen introducing, without the, the big walk up, he simply kind of steps out of the big top and uh, a hush kind of falls over those gathered. <clears throat> you all have a place of honor seat in the front row. Um, and he, um, in his, in his way, uh, not making eye contact, kind of eyes down, he begins telling the story of Yoden Songheart. And throughout the night, um, he'll mention, um, uh, his love of Thunder Hold Stout and at the same time, uh, mugs appear for everyone and uh, there's a kind of a collective um, cheers um, he tells uh, a story that's acted out by the um, if you remember the contortionists that were part of the show um, but others are joining and um, the Goliaths come out and, and they represent the the empire they're clad in these these costumes that make them look menacing and evil and um, there's a great battle and um, you see, you see a young figure, um, standing there, um, back to back with, uh, his father in resistance to, um, this great evil that's spreading. And even though the, the darkness of the empire envelops, um, the two, um, they stand there and glow in radiance and in the middle of darkness, this light shines, um, there's a there's a, a uh, an act a com comedy act um, where a woman um, happens to be the uh, the fortune teller uh, comes to the stage and and she goes on a on a riff about um, hands and how you can tell so much about a person uh, just by looking at their hands and um, you know this is a a ten minute diatribe and people are in stitches just you know laughing at um, everything that she has to say and um, you look around and you you see um, these people they didn't know Yodin um, but they're beginning to um, and <clears throat> the night continues. Um, There's a there's a rodeo, uh, 
and they bring some of their their um, animals, some of the uh, some of the wonders that none of you have seen yet because none of you went to the, the sideshow. Um, but there's all of these strange creatures, and um, there are you know they're mismatching people so that like a Goliath is trying to ride this tiny little glow fowl, and um, you know a, a halfling is trying to ride this like enormous you know saber tooth tiger, um, and all of them have. Uh, rhinestones and tassels and cowboy hats, um, uh, and the you know the punchline that they keep coming back to is I ride. Um, <laughs> there's a moment where Sebastian walks back up and he he asks everyone to look to the left and and to the right of them and and to see the person for who they are to really see them and to tell them what their trait, their best traits are, what they're capable of. And as the night begins to come to a close in the final act, um, Sebastian turns to the big top and he plays a light tune on his lute, uh, that sad, um, but sweet melody that you've heard before. And as he does, the letters on the big top begin to dance and wiggle and rearrange until the new banner that hangs above the main entrance says, The Song Heart Theater. He says, <clears throat> His story will not be forgotten. The legend of Yoden Song Heart harmonizer of the cosmos will live on as long as I have a say in things. And the lights fade. And that's where we'll leave it for tonight. That's great. <laughs> Memorial Theater. When the lights fade, the music did something that sounded like it might have been the jug. Actually, the lights fade and... <clears throat> As they do, he pulls the jug and plays a tone on it. And for a minute, everything goes dark for each of you. And you feel as if Yoden's there in your presence. Is there anything that you want to say? You were made for this. And you know that you were. 